and welcome back to the Prism Podcast. My name is Sydney Lish, but you can call me Sid. After five years of mentoring thousands of people as a wellness entrepreneur, I figured it was time to create a one-stop shop for you to find all things business advice, health and wellness, success principles, creating legacy income, tangible tips, motivation, and more. The Prism Podcast captures a full spectrum of all the information you need to actualize your excellence. So let's go. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Angel Martinez of Angel Aesthetics out in Cherry Creek, Denver, Colorado. And in this episode, we chat all things skincare, building brands online, um, building influence within your network, and really taking the lid off of your limitations. And this episode is so empowering with Angel, who has really created a life that most women dream of. She's so, so transparent. And I I met her a couple of years ago, and she really, in her business, what I think has made her so successful is being, first of all, authentically herself, but also really getting people results with their skin. Um, and she's, you know, she's been in the industry for 14 years. She has a ton of experience in advanced skincare and lasers procedures. If you ever want to go get something done and you can go into, um, angel aesthetics in Colorado, please do. She has such a great atmosphere and community there of women who work with her. She also has the mile high makeover that's patent pending, and she really continues to innovate in the space and set the standard in the beauty industry. So she's such a great role model for women. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. If you can leave a rating, leave a review, what you learned, what you loved, um, what you took away from the episode and make sure to reach out to Angel and thank her for her time because she really did pour so much value into this episode. So without further ado, we're going to hop right into the interview. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I have a really, really special woman on today with me, Angel Martinez, who is actually Denver's top medical spa owner, owner (laughs) of Angel Martinez and has done some really incredible things. We've gotten a chance to talk on a different podcast prior a couple of years ago, which is crazy. Um, But I've just seen you over the last few years, ever since you came into my awareness when I moved to Denver and you've just like, I think really set a standard in the beauty space of what's possible for growth. And it's so inspiring. And I'm so inspired by your story, who you are, who you are online and offline, because I've gotten to experience little bits of both. Um, and I'm just really excited to have you on the, the podcast today, but I would love if you could, you know, just share your story with everyone, how you came to be Angel Martinez of Angel Aesthetics, um, starting from definitely not that place. Yeah. Um, so I moved to Denver, gosh, so long ago, my kids were in grade school and I actually was still married at the time to my kid's dad. And he moved us out to Denver. Um, I don't know, 2007, maybe 2006. And then, um, I divorced him probably a year after that. Um, my ex-husband has some mental issues. Um, and when I say that, I think people toss mental illness around like, like, oh, they're mental or they're crazy or they're bipolar, uh, but it's actually a real illness that I think people don't speak enough about. And um, so, yes, he still to this day has mental illness. He took off and uh, left me with my kids to raise here in Denver, Colorado. Of course, I didn't have to stay here. I could have uh, gone back to New Mexico where I'm originally from and had lots of help from my you know, grandmother or my aunts. 
Um, but I chose to stay here in Denver and I can't tell you why, <laughs> like people are like, what, like, you know, why would you stay here when you had no one? I didn't have any like friends. It was more of, I think I wanted to show my kids, um, a different way of life. And so I stayed here. I worked in Denver as an esthetician here in Cherry Creek. I hustled my name for many, many years. I mean, when I tell you events, like when I see you girls posting events and stuff, I mean, I was at every event hustling my name and I would rush home, make my kids dinner and repeat, you know, go to work, events, go home. Because I think when you have a brand and anyone who has a business, you always, and at that time I didn't have a business, but my name was my personal business, right? Like it, when you're an esthetician or you do hair or makeup or anything, you're, that's always your brand. And so um, fast forward for a few years, I worked for someone in Cherry Creek. Uh, long story short, I got, I let, I uh, quit from her to help someone else. And two weeks later, they let me go before Christmas. So, so much pain in that. I say it quickly, but, you know, lots of tears, lots of confusion of like, what the heck am I doing? Why am I still in Colorado? You know, um, they try to kick me out of Cherry Creek. I, you know, they try to sue me. And for 11 months, actually, that did work because I didn't have money for an attorney. Um, I moved back and um, I just said, you know, I'm going to start Angel Aesthetics. And the only reason I named it Angel Aesthetics is because at the time, being an esthetician wasn't so um, popular. And so I knew that people would know my name because I was Latina. I was probably right. one of the only ones in Cherry Creek that was Latina that had a name Angel. So that's the only reason I named it Angel Aesthetics. And I can say the first year, I think I grew, uh, my accountant's here, like 600% or something like that within one year. And um, I just kept hustling. It wasn't even about money at that point. It was more of survival mode mm. because when you're a single mom, you're not thinking, Oh, like I want the money. I want this. I want, you're thinking of how am I going to support my three kids? You know? Um, and I also wasn't thinking big enough. I, I look back and I think about the insecurities I had because people are like, Oh my God, did you always imagine like it would be this big? No, absolutely not. I never, thought I would be here and that goes to show you as women sometimes we think so small we don't think the bigger picture or we're just trying to put one foot in front of the other right and not realizing what is ahead and it's even bigger than we can think because we think so small at times um or we compare ourselves like I want to be like so and so or I want to be like this person um and I just made sure I always had tunnel vision Right. And I people talk about my competitors like, do you know this spa or that spa? And no offense to them. I think they're all amazing, but I just don't care. Like I, I never cared. I don't care what Sue Ellen is doing or Mary Jo. I just care what me and my office is doing. And I just have been going ever since nonstop. Now, the other things that I do, such as my single mom strong and my women 22, those events give me pat it's my passion has you know nothing to do with skin but as someone who's an influence right someone who people um, follow I always I don't take that title lightly and so if I'm going to be an influence in my community I'm going to do the things that I'm passionate about 
And so, you know, with my story being a single mom for very many years, and now my kids are grown, they're 24, 22, and 21, I feel um, a soft spot for single moms, and I always will, right? Um, and then for women in general. So I didn't want to just have something for single moms. I also wanted something for women 22. And so, yeah, like I do more than one thing, but I, I love it. It's my passion. And, you know, me being 44 this year coming up, I like, I just feel like I, there's so much more to be done. First of all, I cannot even believe that you're 44. I'm shocked right now. <laughs> And you know, it's so funny. I love that you said like you have tunnel vision. You're not even looking at the competition. I think that the most successful people, like even the most successful companies and industries, like Apple wasn't looking at what other companies were doing. They were so focused on what's our mission, what's our vision, what are we creating? And that leaves so much room for invention. And I think that what I said before was like, you've really set a standard in the beauty industry for what's possible. And that's so powerful what advice would you give to people? Because what you said about women not dreaming big and like putting a lid on and, and like limitations on what's possible in their life. What would you do differently if you could go back and say like, this is your end result at 40, you know, in your forties, like this is what's possible. Dream bigger. What advice would you give to like your starting self or someone who's just getting started in owning a business, whether it's in the beauty space or not? Well, first of all, I, I wouldn't, ever take anything I've gone through back because as painful as a lot of my situations have been, it led me to be the person that I am today. And um, I'm grateful and I'm humbled at, you know, the process. Everybody wants to skip a process. And so anyone who's starting a business, I feel like we have a lot of um, people who want to lead but they want to skip the process. They want to jump from here, you know, like 200 followers on Instagram is not enough or 600, like I don't have enough followers and they're forgetting the process. They're comparing themselves or, um, so I would say when I do look back, I should have worked on my self-esteem. I should have worked on dating myself, loving myself, being where I'm at embracing who I was as a woman, because, you know, as women, we, are, we all have insecurities. I don't care who is, yeah. how gorgeous they are. Everyone has insecurities. And um, I look back and I was so insecure and I didn't work on myself that it actually leads you to make bad decisions um, later on. Yeah. So you have to be aware of that and also not afraid of going through that process because that process does hurt you know, it has lonely times. It has times of frustration. Um, there's times you want to give up. And so you can't go based off of your feeling because if I would have gone based on my feeling, I would have not been this far. Like if I don't feel like working out or I don't feel like I want to be a boss today, like you can't go based off your feelings. Right. So I think pushing that aside and a lot of people are go based off Oh, it doesn't make me feel good. What makes me feel good? And everyone wants to feel amazing. And if it doesn't serve me, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to invest or, you know, whatever it may be that people, the popular thing, you know, it's more of like, this is, I'm going to put what I feel aside. I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to work on the vision. And every day there's something's going to come at you, but those lessons are for future 
things that you're going to go through. So, mm. um, I think people want to hurry that process. And I would just say, slow down, embrace where you're at, love where you're at, um, and quit trying to skip things because you're going to go back to it until you actually pass a lot of those tests. So, yeah. And you can't get to where you want to be without learning a lot of those lessons, sometimes the hard way. And I find with successful people that I talk to all the time, it's like, you can reach XYZ goal, pinnacle, dollar amount, customer amount, whatever it is. And so many people, like once they hit it, they're like, oh, that doesn't actually bring me the joy I thought it was going to. And it really becomes about the process of like becoming a stronger woman or man and mm -hmm. stepping into your power. And and all of those things. And I've experienced that in my own journey of like, it's so much more about the process, putting how you feel aside for your future self delayed gratification. And our culture is like, so on the opposite side of the pendulum right now of like, it has to feel good. It has to feel in alignment. It's like action and like doing shit, showing up to meetings every single day for years. It's like mm -hmm. that stuff doesn't always feel good. Most of the time you probably won't want to do it, but it's yeah. so that you can achieve what you want in the end. Totally. Yeah. 100%. What were some of the hardest parts of your journey? Like, did you ever feel, I mean, I'm sure you felt like giving up quite a bit, but were there some like really refined moments that you can recall or remember that were like pivot points or turning points in the sand where it's like, I'm either going to quit or like, I, I got, I got to keep going. Like what were some of those hardest, hardest times for you? Um, there's been a few, um, but I would, I would say when, I got let go two weeks before Christmas and I was raising my kids um, and I only had enough to pay my rent at the time and then trying to figure out what was I going to do? Like, what's the point I've been. And then you look at the history, like for me, I look back at all the networking I did and all the hustling for my name. And I'm like, it was all for nothing. Like in your mind, you feel in this rut. Mm -hmm. Like I did all that for nothing. And, you know, people will see, um, some of famous people come in or people of influence come in and they're like, how did you do that? How did you do that? Like that didn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? Like years that, happened, of investment. that was the seed that was planted 10 years ago that, you know, happens to barely start showing the fruits of that now. So I would say that moment where I got let go because I wanted to just give up mm -hmm. and I was in my feelings and I was, I had a little pity party and I was like, this was for nothing. And I'm packing my shit. And I remember calling my grandmother and I'm saying, I told her I'm going to go back home. Like, I can't, can I live with you? Can me and my kids live with you for a little bit until I get, and of course my grandmother come home, Miha, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> like you can stay with me. They're, they're never going to be, family's going to be like that. And I just saw a glimpse of what my life would be had I moved back, if I were to move back. Um, and you know, and I don't judge anybody for ever being on welfare, but I saw a picture of me being on welfare and back on wick. I was on wick when my kids were little and this poverty, like it just gripped me. And I, something in me just was like, if you're going to break a generational curse, if you're going to, if you're going to break the mold, you got to stay based off how you feel. And I just felt for me, because I'm a person of faith that, mm -hmm when I put myself out there, God just opened the door for me. Um, and he kept opening that door. And even if it was a one little tiny door at a time, rather than, Oh, here you go. Had he given me all this now, uh, back then I wouldn't have been able, there's no way. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there is no way it was literally baby steps. You know, I was, didn't even know how to manage money. You know, my accountants here listening to me and I was behind on the, the my taxes. I would, I just, I was learning so much so quick that I was like, what the hell? And it was preparing me for where I'm at right now. Yeah. So there were so many pivotal moments. I would say, um, even when my kids, um, all moved out of the house, I was in my second marriage. Um, I was married for probably eight or nine months, even probably shorter than that because he had moved out. But, um, I was embarrassed because I was this person who was an influencer, right. And influencing my community, but yet I was in this very toxic relationship. Mm. And so I had to humble myself and say, I need therapy. I need help. I need to change the way I eat. I was eating very unhealthy. Mm. I was probably getting Chick-fil-A every morning, breakfast burrito. Um, I was getting pizza at night and I was drinking every single day, like every day. And all this time trying to focus on my business. So I wasn't focusing on myself. I was focusing on my business and ignoring my toxic relationship. And it wasn't until my um, 2020 was a tough year. We all got shut down and that was another pivotal moment, right? You don't know like what's, if I don't work, I don't get paid kind of situation. So I went into a deep, dark place. Like why again, I can't catch a breath. You feel that way when you hit, when you have a jab after a job and you feel like you're just getting punched and you can't come up for air. I just felt like, can I please catch a break? Then I got hit with a lawsuit. There are so many times that you're like, what the fuck? Right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That is entrepreneurship in one sentence. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) What is happening? Um, And you, you try to just say like, okay, I'm going through this. I don't know why I'm going to keep walking every day and just continue the path. Um, And I had to do a lot of self-reflection, self-work. I started working out instead of drinking so much. Don't get me wrong. I still drink, (laughs) but I have fun, (laughs) but I, um, I had to put my energy and my stress and my anxiety into other places and actually date myself. So I've been single now for a while and, you know, I'm kind of getting used to, like, I traveled alone to Greece right? Um, I took myself to Greece for two weeks and that was my eat, pray, love trip. That was life-changing for me. I just have really done a lot of self-reflection and I am not perfect. I still get really feisty. My employees know that there's times I want things a certain way, but I, I definitely know that I'm not the same person I was even two years ago, that when you actually put in the work to change, because the work is the hardest part, like me going to therapy, me working out, me eating healthier, it, it took me to change my bad habits into better habits. And then I saw myself beginning to change, like the way I was, the way I felt about myself, my insecurities, things like that. So, um, you know, giving up, I think, will hit at moments that you don't even think will hit. And then when you actually feel it, it's, it's waking up and making that decision of, I'm not going to go based on how I feel. I'm going to keep walking and going towards the goal that I have. Yeah. I think it's so powerful that 
you know, you've even had those wall kicking moments as recently as two years ago, even with all the success that you've created and it makes it so much more relatable. And my, one of my mentors, when I first started in entrepreneurship and I like, didn't believe them, they were like, make sure to always work on yourself harder than you do on your business. Because so many people get caught up on like do, do, do in their business. And they're putting so much effort and energy in, but because their energy or their personal life is shit, it makes everything else so much harder. And when you start to eat, I'm, I'm speaking at a beauty conference about this. I'm like, you guys got to eat right. You got to work out. You got to move your body. You got to work on your mind because it matters. Like you might not think it does, but it matters so much um, yeah. because everything affects everything. And mm-hmm. so I think that's, that's such a powerful message for especially people in the beauty industry, which we have a lot of listeners in that arena to hear that because sometimes you guys are focused so much on caring for other people and running your businesses that you don't take the time for yourself, but it's actually the most important cup to fill. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's super inspiring. With that being said, I think you have so many characteristics of a highly successful person, but for you, you probably see so many people, especially in your industry, come and go. What are the like top two, maybe three characteristics that you think has made you as successful as you are in entrepreneurship? Mm. Um, I just taught a class last week and I was talking about how you have to be yourself. And um, I always remain genuine. Like when, um, when I say you're not for everybody, you're not for everybody, right? So some people will follow me and they'll say like, she jokes too much or she thinks she's funny or- Oh, babe, friends. you're so funny. And I <laughs> I was gonna talk about, you're so funny and I love it. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I'm funny too. That's so funny. funny. And then uh, I dated a guy one time. He's like, you're not that funny. I'm like, uh, check please. You're like, see ya. <laughs> I was the worst compliment you could ever give me. Yeah, um, exactly. So anyway, I, I, I think it's just being true to who I was and I didn't try to change. Um, I try to incorporate like my personal life uh, because when people come in here and they are trusting me with their skin or their face, it's a compliment to me because that's your face, right? Like, and so when people come in and they say, I feel like I know you, that's a compliment to me because that means that I have put myself out there that you feel like you know me. And that means there's some little bit of trust, right? That little ounce of trust is all I need to actually have a, like, I look for like peace in the treatment room. If there's, if they don't trust me, I won't do what I wanted to do initially. I'll kind of, oh, today we're just gonna do something simple. I kind of go off base of, um, you know, how I feel the energy in the room kind of thing. So I think just being true to myself trying to be funny, trying to be authentic. And um, I also do things that are controversial that people don't want to talk about on. And it's, I've gotten unfollowed. I've gotten hate DMs, stuff like that. But I, I don't care because I'm going to always stay true to what I believe and what I have to say or what I have to feel that day, actually. So, yeah. What I love about you is there's, there's three things that I see from you on social media and it's like boldness. You're so bold. Second thing is you're so funny. Like whenever I want to laugh, I'm like, I've never Rachel's posted anything today that'll make me laugh because we have a very similar sense of humor and you're so authentic. And I think that's, that's those three things. There's probably many more, but I think that's how you built 
not only the business, but also the brand online, which is just as valuable as the business at the end of the day. Um, what advice would you give? Because I see a lot of women in the beauty space, especially they never show their face. They never put any like personality into their page. Not something you do very different, but they're just showing their service. They're just showing the, you know, the before and afters, that's it. They're not providing value. They're just showing before and after, before and after. I don't even know what they look like. I don't want to hire them if I don't know who they are. What, like, what tips would you give to people on building a brand, building a social media following? Because those who are listening, Angel has a really strong, not only following, but impact within that following and influence within that following. That's, that's not always common. A lot of people have a big following, but zero influence, zero impact within that following. Um, I see a lot of Instagrams, like you said, they're very cookie cutter. Um, in fact, when I taught my class last week, I'm like, all your guys, I looked at all your social medias, they're all boring, right? And this is why you're in this class because you need help in that area. And it makes me not want to follow you. Why, why should I follow you? You look the same as the other esthetician who's putting a jelly mask on her face. Like that is boring to me. The I, same I, shit, I different that. day. Yeah. Um, and so the thing that one tip I can give is um, one girl had her logo as her, what do you call the biopic? Oh, the profile pic. The profile pic. So she had her logo. And I told her, you're not Gucci, right? You're not um, Louis Vuitton. So when I look at that profile pic, I don't want to follow that. I don't know who Sugar Mama from, you know, Denver is. So it's like when you take off and put your pretty face or you put something that I can relate to or want to click on, then I, you know, I, I would discourage anyone from putting their logo unless it's an established logo and people actually kind of know, oh, I know that. That's right. something I want to follow um and try to avoid that that rather than putting i'd rather see a face right people relate to more um that but um yeah i would say being authentic uh try to be yourself and if you're not funny maybe it's your voice maybe you have a great voice mm -hmm. and you can do overlays with a voice i mean there's so many different ways to be authentic it's uh, the girls always tease me because i'm like everything is content everything so if i True. always try to like capture a moment in the office that's like funny or relatable or controversial, I'm gonna post it. And I think everyone's afraid to step out of, of the norm, you know, like they're afraid, they wanna stick to what they see everyone else doing. And again, that goes to comparing and that goes to self-esteem and insecurities because I'm afraid I'm not gonna get likes, I'm afraid. And I'm like, who gives a shit, right? Like I have posts that only got 20 likes, who cares? Like I put it out there and it's gonna stay up there. It's yep. not, it's more of like, I was feeling this way. I wanted to post it and, you know, not worry about what everyone else is gonna think. Yeah, I think everyone's so influenced by like trends and trying to go viral and trying to gain the following that they forget about the important thing, which is like adding value and being relatable and sharing like whatever your gift is with the world. And that's one thing I will say, like from a consumer of beauty is I, and I tell people this, if I go into a service, I'm like, I don't even know what you look like when I go to, I don't even know, like, I need to know who the person that I'm going to be laying down with right. every month for an hour. I need to know who you are. I need to know the personality and that alone is something you do so well. And I think with anybody listening, doesn't matter what industry you're in, like 
you've got to be willing to show your face. You've got to be willing to get in front of the camera or have someone in your team that's in front of something. Um, but that's, I mean, you are your brand, your face is your brand. It's not like the fact that you just do skincare, but you do get people results, which is incredible. And I want to talk about skincare because I've learned so much from you, but, um, let's talk about, I have a lot of different directions I want to go in. <laughs> let, <laughs> let, let's talk about like some of what you do at Angel Aesthetics. Like what's the philosophy of what you guys do? How is it different than other places? Because you also have Mile High Makeover. You have so many different assets that um, just nobody else has. Yeah, I, um, I believe that our med spa is more results driven. And so if they come here, they're not going to get the like fluffy experience with um the spa music playing and and no knock to that because I feel like there's a place for that Um, people we need that I took my girls to a spa so we can feel that so here it's more results driven if uh, it's more acne clients it's skin conditions skin concerns we do facials here but it's not that spa feel I mean you're going to come in here you're going to hear Tupac Biggie you're going to hear um, Rihanna you know this is the kind of music this is the kind of vibe that I have set and again it's just being authentic to who I am right Mm -hmm. and that doesn't work for everybody so I think for me um you know, when people come here, they know that they're going to get results. And I think that's part of the reason why people fly out to see me or fly out because they've tried other places. And with my personality, they've seen consistent results. Right. So, you know, I don't just have one or two picks. I have a lot of picks, right. That they can maybe relate to one person or scroll down and see someone that they can relate to there. So that's, I try to keep the consistency. Um, but I, I'm really big on my staff being results driven. So I've worked with each one of them and people always ask me, are you going to get two locations? Are you going to get four locations? I, I want quality. And so I like to stay exclusive. Could, could I expand? Sure. I could have expanded last year or the year before. It's, it's something that I'm not saying no to in the future, but I'm also just thinking of right now. And I, when you come in and if you see Lily or you see, um, you know, one of the girls, you're going to know that you're getting quality care as if I was working on them. Right. Tell me about the mile high makeover, because I see it all the time and it's, it's, you're either getting a patent or it's already patented, correct? It's patent pending. It's trademarked. The name is trademarked, but, um, it's patent pending. It's going on year two now, so it can take quite a bit of time. Yeah. So, um, just going through the process, but you know, I, like I tell some of my med spas and people in the beauty industry, when you go to a med spa, people don't know what a laser genesis does or a glycolic does, or, you know, they just know I want a mile high makeover. That means my skin's in a pretty bad condition and I need some sun damage off. Right. So I made it relatable that they remember a name. So mile high makeover, I came up with, um, it was my first year in business. I'm going seven years this year. And it was my first year we were doing a shoot on Fox and I needed a name for it because I had the things that I did for it, but I didn't come up with a name, like a catchy name. And one of the producers actually helped me come up with Mile High Makeover. And I was just going to name it for the segment. Like, yeah, because I was doing a giveaway and I was like, let's just name it for the segment, call it something. 
and it stuck so much like people were mailing in people were emailing like the smile high makeover and so I was like oh shit like wow it's kind of catchy right so I was just like okay let's just continue with the mile high makeover and pretty soon year two it caught on I did another segment and um and so yeah it kind of went crazy the other thing is with TikTok and not being so um, overthinking your posts. It was my second post on TikTok. I, it was 2020. We were going to- I remember when this had happened. Yes. And I was, I did a post of like a selfie, my first one, and I was just kind of playing around with it, seeing how it worked. And then the second post, it was one of the guys I did on a mile high. um, I did a mile high makeover on him. And I was like, I'm going to post that. And I'm going to put Lil Wayne on the back. You know, I just did like a little edgy song. I went to sleep, I woke up and I thought I got hacked. I I mean, it was thousands and thousands of people following me quickly. Now with 200,000 followers on TikTok, it was just like, oh, okay, this works. It wasn't like, wow. and I wasn't even giving it an, that much energy. I was still putting all my energy in Instagram because Instagram right. is where my, my connection is really. Um, and so my TikTok still is at, you know, over 200,000, but it went viral overnight. And I was like, what the hell? And now it's at 30 million views, just that one post. And it's insane. So if you see some of my mile high makeovers on TikTok, it's like 1 million, 30 million, 11 million people want different. It was, people were dancing on TikTok and I did something that to kind of twist it up and change it up a little bit. And, um, so yeah, anyway, that happened. And I was just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> that is so trippy. What, so when, when like, I'm thinking from a business perspective and a consumer perspective, if someone one were to like go in and either get a mile high makeover or order, cause you can order the mile high makeover as well. Right. You can, yeah. there's mm-hmm. one I thought you could order to yourself. That one was um, our after sex glow. Yes. Okay. So if someone comes in, they're getting the mile high makeover, like what does it all entail? So like it's a com- it mile high makeover. So I have two different ways that I do mile high. I do a combination treatment that for people who just <laughs> sun damage, it's like a laser and a peel. And then I have three different treatments that I do on people who have melasma and sun damage. So it just depends on their condition because I tweak it depending on their condition. I also do different peels depending on their condition as well. So they're going to peel for an entire week. And for some people, it knocks off a good five to 10 years of sun damage, depending on their age and their condition of their skin. But it's pretty awesome, actually. I've had people who found me on TikTok. There was a girl all the way from Egypt flew in. What? (laughs) She went to her esthetician in Dubai. And her esthetician in Dubai said, if you're going to the States, I know this girl who, who does a mile high makeover. And I was shook. I was like, oh my gosh, that that was the furthest one so far. That's insane. How did you come up with it? Because it was in your first year. Like what sparked creation of Mile High? Um, Like I told the girls um, this past weekend, I said, you have a lot of tools in your office. So when you're knowledgeable in skin and you're knowledgeable in your tools and you say, if this does this and this does this, then how come I can't just do them together and create a concoction or something that's um, like a cocktail? We, we drink cocktails all the time, right? We don't just drink Hennessy or vodka straight. We do a cocktail that's going to 
you know, is appeasing to us or satisfies our needs. So when we have these tools in our office and we know how to use them and we actually do know skin now, granted, there are some people who don't know skin that much, right? They go to school for eight months and they think that they can conquer the world. They still have to learn so many other things. So once you really learn all the different skin types and Asian skin, black skin, and if this reacts to this and this and this, I just came up with this, like, hey, this does this, this does this, this does this. I'm going to try them all together. And I remember when I did the first one, it, I wasn't even in angel aesthetics yet. I was um, working for a guy down the street and um, I did it and I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like it worked. Amazing. I, I was like, oh my gosh, it was on my friend Skylar actually. And we were laughing because we're like, oh shit, that worked. Um, wow. and then you do another one and then you do it on Hispanic skin. Right. And then you kind of chance it. I did it on Asian skin. And so it's just a learning thing. Really. Mm -hmm. It's, it's knowing your skills. Same thing with my after sex glow. Um, I was single at the time or still single, but, um, I was like, I want that after sex glow, like the pink cheeks and the like flush. Cause when, when you do have sex, it is proven to give you a glow. Yep. And, I'm like, well, I'm not getting sex. So I want something that's going to give me an after sex glow. That's amazing. And so I have a laser that has no downtime. I have, I'm like a dermaplane and a glycol. Why can't I put these all three together and give me that after sex glow? Cause it's working on each layer of the skin. So when I first did it, I'm like, hell yeah. So after oh. sex glow, my lawyer is like, well, you should trademark that name too, just in case. Good name. So anyway, trademark that, but Again, it's just knowing what you have, your tools you have, and knowing that the face is different each time. Like one month you're breaking out because you're on your period, and the next month you're glowing because you're, you know, on cloud nine. Right. So it's like learning to and learning your clients and what they like and customizing things um, according to what their skin is doing at that month. That is so. I need to come and get one. I need to come back to Denver and get a facial yeah. from you. I'm, and what I'll say is you're always booked out so far. So I'm like, if you guys are looking to book with Angel, she's always booked out, um, which is a great, great thing. It's beautiful. Um, what would be like, let's say someone can't get in with you. What are three products or like if someone's new to skincare or just looking for like the bare minimum, what are the three things that you recommend people use on a daily basis for their skin? You know, whether it's for aging, acne, I'm sure there's different sure. things for different you know, problem areas? Um, I, there are two things that are essential. I mean, three, the third would be sunscreen, right? Everyone needs a good sunscreen. It's, it's what, it's what ages us. And, um, you know, our podcast coming out this Wednesday, I'm talking about how skin has a good memory. It forgives, but it doesn't forget. So anything that you've done in your twenties will start to surface when you're 30. Um, and that's why people are like, I didn't have this last year. I don't know what happened. Well, guess what happened? You turned 29 and your sunbeds from 18 are starting showing to up. showing up. So I think the important thing, especially the younger they are is an SPF and making sure to try not to be a color that you were not born to be right. And then the second thing would be, uh, a retinol of any sort that you that is fitting for you. I like Skin Medica. Everyone has their favorites. Truth Treatments has a great one. It's having a, a good retinol because that is the only FDA approved to sell turnover. Mm. So when you have a retinol and a cream, and even if you want to start with Olay, you know, at Walgreens, it's baby steps until you can afford one that you can um, start using. But I think it's important hitting 25 and older that you you get 
um, quality skincare, you know, the Kylie Jenner skincare and the Hailey Beavers, those are cute, but they're not going to really turn over that cell. Um, so you have to get real serious about your retinols and then vitamin C. So your vitamin C is going to be your brightener. It's going to make you, uh, it's going to make your skin healthy. So a lot of people want to do things like peels and do all this. The whole goal is to have your skin healthy. I don't even use a moisturizer anymore. Like I used to use a moisturizer a lot, especially in Colorado, right? We're so dry here. So dry. Um, so dry. But when you get your skin healthy enough, you don't need it because you're using a good vitamin C, you're using good hyaluronic acid. So I would say SPF, vitamin A, and definitely a vitamin C. I love that. I love that. You have so much knowledge. I feel like I could ask you 10 million questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is so, this is so great. But I want to hear, because I don't want to take up too much of your time today, what is next for you? Like, what is your vision with, with your life, with Angel Aesthetics, with your events? Where are you going? Where are you heading? Where are you dreaming right now? Um, that's a big question, right? I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so what's next? I'm like, I want to get laid, actually. <laughs> I support that goal. <laughs> it's in April. You hear me, girl? If you if you really wanted to, you would. You could. <laughs> I um. Well, you know, it's quality. It's a right? quality Go conversation. Back to quality, sure. not quantity. Yeah. <laughs> so um. But yeah, I think for me, I'm open to what's next. I um. I tend to have a bad habit of always like thinking a little smaller and I have to push myself of like, no, you're capable of that. Like you're capable of doing bigger things. And, um, you know, I don't know. I know that I still want to continue to do pop-up shops. If that leads to an angel aesthetics in another city. Great. Um, my goal would be New York city. That's always been my goal, but again, I'm not against, you know, another city. Or it could be just expanding here. I do want to buy a building that is going to be my next for sure goal within the next year or two, because we have outgrown this space as beautiful as it is like we, my staff, and then the people coming in were booked all it's not just me booked out. It's my girls booked out too. So, I mean, people are sitting in the waiting rooms. I'm like, okay, we are like really like stuffed sardines now. And I felt this in my little room when I was just me in a little closet. I knew that it was time to expand. You feel the stretch. You feel like, okay, it's, I feel that because if you don't grow, right, you start to go backwards or you start to plateau. So I'm like, I feel that we need to grow in some way. And I'm open to whatever God has for me, honestly, because I, I don't know, but I'm very open. And right now I'm going to take off the month of September speaking of like, um, working so much, I've been going all summer, like nonstop, like a bull that I felt myself being depleted and I, I need to fill my cup up. Right. Because I feel like I've been going on batteries and just go, 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 go. And then when people want from you, my kids still want from me, even though they're grown, they're still need their mommy for some reason. Damn it. Always. <laughs> whether it's money, mom, help me with this or that. And so as an adult, as a woman, you're like, okay, I need to fill my cup. So I'm able to give to them and give to my employees and be good and, and not be nagging and be a crazy bitch, you know? So it's like, I need that time off so I can just kind of take it all in, love myself, 
read, do all the things that I like to do, date myself, all those things. So that way I can, and then maybe I'll know what's next because right now it's, it's very foggy to me and I would be lying. It, I mean, if I said, oh, I want to do this, this and this, I, I'm very, um, open, but I, I know it's there. I know it's coming and I just, I, I don't know what it is yet, but I know it's going to be great. Yeah. I think the space and the the time off will give you all the clarity that you deserve and want. And I'm excited that you said that you're doing that because I think it's so important. I did that in January and it was like off social media, off the grid, and it was so refreshing and so life-giving, but I, I can't wait to see what happens next for you. I'm so grateful for you. Even if you don't realize it every single day, you really have made an impact even in my life. Um, even though I'm not in the beauty space and you're just, you're so incredibly inspiring to so many people and you just don't give up and it's, it's really incredible to watch. I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you so much. And I see you from afar, just so you know, and I've seen your success and I'm in awe, especially you being so young and so driven. Um, it's inspiring. And I think, you know, I, I tell Taylor this from balance or, uh, vitality, it doesn't matter their age. You can still learn from everybody. And, um, I'm inspired by you guys. You guys keep me young and you guys keep me going, but I'm cheering from you on the sidelines as well. So keep hustling. I love it. And you're going to do great things. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. Where can people find you if they want to come work with you and follow you and all the things. So, uh, angel aesthetics Denver is my Instagram. Miss angel Renee is my TikTok. Um, and then our website, skincarebyangel.com, go online, you can shop, you can book an appointment and, um, it's worth the wait, I promise. Yeah. And if you guys are in Denver, she's in Cherry Creek. So I'll link everything below. Thank you so much, Angel. I really appreciate your time. Thanks. Sydney. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Prism podcast episode this week. It means so much that you got to the end of this episode. I want to acknowledge you for tuning in to grow yourself every single week. So if you loved this episode, leave a rating and a review. Please subscribe so that I know that you're loving this content and I will see you next week.